Whether you operate one forklift or thousands, one location or hundreds, the new My Toyota customer portal can help you optimize your operation and material handling equipment. This one-stop, free-to-use platform is designed to help you take control of your information and make smarter decisions, all at the touch of a button. Register and access your data today at my.toyotaforklift.com. That's my.toyotaforklift.com. The New Warehouse Podcast, hosted by Kevin Lawton, is your source for insights and ideas from the distribution, transportation, and logistics industry. A new episode every Monday morning brings you the latest from industry experts and thought leaders. And now, here's Kevin. Hey, it's Kevin Lawton with the New Warehouse Podcast, and I am joining you now with our second part of our partnership with uh, Material Handling Wholesaler Magazine, where we're covering... Uh, their monthly cover stories, and this is for the month of uh, July in 2020. And I'm actually going to be joined by Dave Bioki, who is the president and owner at uh, Resonant Dealer Services, and he is also the aftermarket columnist for Material Handling Wholesaler Magazine, too. Uh, and he is actually the author of the July 2020 cover story. Uh, and we're going to talk about that cover story, and I think it's really uh, an important topic. It's uh, titled Business in a Post-COVID-19 World. And obviously, we are maybe not totally in post-COVID-19 yet, uh, but we are getting there, hopefully. Uh, and also, it's something that I think, you know, it's going to have a long-term impact on something. So Dave is going to talk to us about that, and Dave is going to join us. He's got over 30 years um, of experience working on the dealer side and in the aftermarket side as well. Um, so Dave, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, happy to have you. Happy to uh, connect with you here uh, as well. So why don't, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? My background in the forklift business, I um, started <clears throat> as a salesperson in uh, in the lift truck industry back in 1983. Okay. And over the years, uh, I've held positions in sales and administration. I was a used rental manager. Uh, I was an aftermarket director for many years, and I was dealer principal for 17 years. Uh, with a group of partners at a multi-branch uh, dealer in California. Okay. Uh, so um, while I was with uh, that dealer, especially in the later part of my career when I was an aftermarket director, um, pioneered some ideas that really resonated with our customer base. Okay. Uh, changed some basic assumptions and, and changed some customer-facing practices that really kind of moved the needle both for the dealership and for the customers themselves. Uh, so now what I'm doing is uh, that was so successful, other people started to notice, of course. Mm -hmm. And so I've, I've taken those programs and I've modulized them so they can be plugged in at other dealerships. And now I consult other dealerships, changing some of those basic assumptions and basic practices uh, so that they can be more successful and, uh, and more customer-centric in the way they go about doing what they do. Interesting. Yeah. And I think that's uh, definitely a show of your, 
your success that other people started to take notice, as you mentioned. So with your success there in those different things and people obviously taking notice, as you mentioned, I think that uh, kind of is a testament to that. So why don't you give us a couple examples of some of the things that uh, you implemented that people took notice? Yeah, sure. Um, I I think that uh, two of the biggest things are, number one, the way in which we go about delivering equipment and offering services to the customer. Uh, we tend to, in our whole, in the entire industry, not to really have enough offerings uh, on the service side, okay. and to have offerings that don't really vary in price point. Uh, so we needed to expand that service offering, and we also needed to, um, as an industry, handle the entire practice of delivery in a, in a much more personal fashion, in a much more professional fashion. So. Uh, I have one program kind of pointed at at that uh, particular phase of of taking care of customers in that handoff between selling you something and now taking care of it. How how do we handle that shift? And we have to do that in a very uh, in in a way that is in uh, we have intent and uh, we come to do something repeatable and professional and uh, that's really improved a, a lot of uh, the ways dealers. Uh, handle the delivery of equipment. Uh, the second thing is being ready to uh, what I call uh, quote, close, and complete service work okay. when a field rep is on site. Um, because we normally come with a task in mind. We were sent out there to do X, Y, or Z, and we complete that. But when we find something else to do, do we have the parts on the van? Mm-hmm. And does that van guy, the guy doing the service work, does he have a, a menu of repairs that he can quote on the spot? And the answer to both those questions is normally no. The way we handle it is we, we treat that as a separate repair. We quote it. We come back out to do that work. But how much more effective could we be? And how much more would the customer love it if we didn't have to bill him for that return trip and we were ready to take care of it while the hood's already up and while the driver's already off the equipment? So I, I put together these menus for dealers so that they're they're in tune with what they're going to be working on. They have on their van the parts that uh, correspond to the units they're going to have their boots under. Uh, and it makes that process a whole lot easier to get a quick yes and to spend more time over the truck actually affecting repairs than we do driving around uh, trying to quote work that should be quoted right on the spot. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's really, uh, really a smart thing. And I think even for mm-hmm. um, for our listeners that are on the customer side as well, that's kind of giving mm-hmm. them an idea of things that maybe they should be asking of those that provide yeah, service. Yeah, we we just knew we needed to change the way in which we uh, you know we need to approach customers with answers, not more questions. And a lot of times, our entire industry kind of all we all do it the same way, and we're culturally blind, you know, to these areas where customer service could really improve if we just improved our practices. Definitely, I totally agree. I know from my experience as a distribution manager as well. You know, sometimes we have people come in and they go to you know service the truck, and they're telling me like, oh, well, there's this and this, and I'm kind of like, oh, well, you know, what is it? What does that mean? Do I, do I really need to, to replace that? And, you know, it's kind of like, well, you know, maybe so. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the two questions are normally how much right? and can you can you do it now? Yeah. And, and if we have to say no to both of those questions, we're missing something. And mm-hmm. so I want to I want to give those guys a run and shot at saying, yeah, I can do it right now. I got the part of my truck. It'll be this much money. 
And uh, uh, that is the kind of the design of these sort of programs. Respond to it right now. Quote, close, and complete. Right. Yeah, I think that's really important because especially from uh, from the customer perspective, right, it's it's like you're going to tell me this uh, forklift that I'm using that's like pretty critical to my operation. Now mm-hmm. I can't get yep. it because you got to order this part and it's not available and you're not really sure when the part's going to come in because you got to wait and, to hear back from. And you can't give me a price and, right. and I got to wait for a quote. And, you know, I just, I looked at that whole, um, that in, entire engagement in my own dealership, you know, mm-hmm. and I said, so what are we telling the customer? We're saying, well, you know, if you, if you want to do business with us, you're going to have to wait. Yeah. And, and because that, that in essence is, is what we were doing and the customers put up with it. And the reason they did is that nobody else was doing it different than that. Everyone else is following the same game plan. And, uh, so my work now is intent on changing that game plan and making it much more customer focused and responsive by having the right tools on the right van in the right place, because we did the analysis work and we know what's likely to break. Mm -hmm. So we're ready for that. And it's harder than it looks to be in that position. But once we're there, the customer experience is, uh, it really, uh, really changes for the better. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. It's like a very, um, kind of lean and continuous improvement approach to Mm -hmm. standardizing the whole thing. Yeah, you bet. All right. So, you know, I mentioned before that, uh, you have like over 30 years of experience, I think, uh, 37 years to be exact. 37 years yeah. I've been in this right. business. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. you've seen it, you've seen a couple of things I would imagine. Yeah. So, so, yeah. you know, over the years, I'm sure, you know, you've seen a lot of change within the industry. I mean, especially probably most recently with tech, the technology advances and all those different things. Mm-hmm. But, and, you know, I'm curious now, you know, we going back to the article a little bit, you know, we're talking about business in a post COVID-19 world. I'm mm-hmm. interested mm-hmm. to hear, you know, what has the impact been, I guess, on the forklift industry from COVID-19 and the pandemic, because a lot of things we're seeing in distribution are somewhat the opposite of what other businesses are experiencing. We'll be back after a quick break. You hear a lot about supply chains these days, because if the past couple years have taught us anything, it's that an efficient, well-managed supply chain is absolutely critical to keeping businesses successful and consumers happy. I'm Will Haywood, and I host a podcast called All Business, No Boundaries, where we talk about supply chains, how they work, what happens when they don't, and the innovations that are redefining what's possible in the world of logistics. Join me for insightful interviews with thought leaders and industry experts. We discuss how optimizing supply chains can break down the barriers that are holding businesses back. That's All Business, No Boundaries by DHL Supply Chain. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Right, right. I think that most of the changes come in what your clients Mm -hmm. are going to need from you. And, uh, you know, what, what does a client expect from you? And those expectations are going to change because of COVID. Nobody's seen anything like this. Right. And the supply chain was tight before we had COVID. You know, this, this just-in-time inventory uh, that, you know, really kind of uh, um, challenges your efficiency at, at times mm-hmm. is even more sensitive now than it's ever been. And mistakes are more costly. Liability is tremendously increased uh, for our customers, for the, the forklift, uh, forklift dealerships customers. And so they're looking for us to add things that will take that liability down, mm-hmm. to eliminate those mistakes, to not have 
a downed forklift be just another thing in a long line of costly mistakes because of COVID. And um, I, I think that the extra steps and safety concerns that customers are going to have that COVID brought us is going to add a layer of cost. It's going to add a layer of complexity, and, but we need to be on our game. And uh, that can, that makes its presence known in, in various things, whether it's PPE or whether it's uh, customer-facing practices or whether it's how we enter and exit a building and, and uh, document those steps, whether it's uh, um, having uh, information available on the employees that are going to enter a customer's place of business, or able to contact trace. There's a lot of ways in which we can add value uh, as it relates to COVID-19 or another virus of that sort. Uh, should we encounter it again? Definitely, definitely. I think, you know, one of the big things um, that you mentioned there is PPE and kind of, I guess, having mm-hmm. your service people and even um, your um, salespeople as well as they go to different sites to visit customers. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you how do you prepare them? How do you make sure that they have the proper PPE? And I think more importantly, how do you know what that facility that they're going to requires how do you make sure that the communication yeah. gets well across? we have we have to we have to do that on purpose right. i mean we have to call these customers and and know that they are already going to have some sort of you know driven by their hr right mm-hmm. they're going to have some sort of uh, offenses that we got to get over the top of right. and they're going to have uh, barricades in place right mm-hmm. unless we have x y and z so uh we need to prepare for that and and make have a repository file, uh, you know, on each customer as to what the needs are, both in the in the shop, in the warehouse, in the office. Uh, what's going to be needed? Uh, you know, the the actual uh, equipment itself. I think that we can make some assumptions. You know, we're going to have to have face shields. Right. We're going to have to have masks. We're going to have to have gloves and sanitizer. We're going to have to have foot coverings, and at least in in the, in the ways of service, one plastic coverall. I think that you got to have all of that on the truck, and it's going to be requisite. Some of that is going to be requisite in every place we go. Mm. Um, so that has to be not a one and done, but it, you know we have to stock that on the truck just like we do parts. If we're running low on this filter, we need to replenish that stock. It has to happen the same way with with the COVID PPE, and and quite frankly, I think that you know the cost of that uh, can be passed on. To the customer that is requiring that, you know, it doesn't come for free, um, but we can treat it just like we do parts on the on the invoice right. uh, because it's one and done when it comes to PPE. You know, you got to you got to replace it when you go to your next stop. Yeah, yeah, and I think too, I think it's an interesting point by passing the um, the charge on to the customer as well because for the mm-hmm. customer, it's also it's also a liability thing, right, for their employees too as well because you're certainly now exposing the employees to an external person that. You don't necessarily know, you know, I guess where they've been in contact with. Um, right. So, right. you know, how are you seeing, I guess, the reaction to that? And I guess from the dealers that you work with and are they being pretty, I guess, nimble and flexible about that? Are they responding well or are they finding some difficulty um, dealing with some customers? Well, the guys that, that haven't sat down and, and prepared to keep this running log of, mm-hmm. of what, what customers need are going to struggle. Right. Uh, you know, they're going to struggle every time and they're going to leave it to their technicians to figure out what each guy needs. I, I think that we have to be a little more uh, act with a little more intent than that. You know, we mm-hmm. from, from a management perspective, we need to be contacting our customers and say, OK, 
you know, what do you need from us? And not just, not just in the back door, but what do you need from us? We're going to enter your office. Do you have any special areas that need more PPE than, than not? You know, all of these questions need to be asked with intent. And uh, if we do a good job of collecting that data, separating it, and making it available to every technician before he enters a place, um, we're going to that will be nimble. But right. but we have to do this on purpose. Definitely, definitely. I think it needs to be definitely like a concerted effort, like you said, on the uh, on the yeah. business standpoint, especially just to to keep that business too. I think. Um, yeah. So, you know, going along, I guess, with talking about the business itself, and you mentioned something earlier about you know offering these different services as a dealer and recognizing the other opportunities mm-hmm. there are to really uh, do business with a customer and keep a relationship with a customer be- besides just making the sale, right? So we're talking about servicing the equipment, obviously, but something that's come out of this whole pandemic is now there's this whole mindfulness of um, cleanliness and everybody's more concerned about sanitizing certain things and frequently touched areas. I know I know personally, I don't think I've ever been so hypersensitive to how many <laughs> doorknobs I touch in a day. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah. So, yeah. so how has this kind of resulted in an added service that dealers and service providers can provide to their customers? Yeah. And I think that customers in many ways, you know, dealers have immediate, you know, the guys that, that were nimble and quick and saw an opportunity immediately jumped on it and said, mm-hmm. We, we we don't just do your PMs. Now we can come out and sanitize your equipment right. as often as you would like. You know, there, there's a charge for that. Mm-hmm. But um, it, they saw the ability to get extra touches. And every time you have an extra touch, you have an opportunity, right, to, right. to sell more maintenance or to sell more more repair if, if needed. And so they're, they're jumping all over that. But I think that on a universal level, mm-hmm. all dealerships, that touch forklift trucks to repair whatever are going to need to go through some sort of post repair sanitizing. So it really doesn't matter whether you're selling it as a service or not. Right. You need to do it on purpose. Once again, I keep saying that, but it's true. We don't mm-hmm. think about it, but, uh, things, all of the high touch areas, you know, on a forklift truck, uh, seats, your overhead guards, your consoles, your steering wheels, mm-hmm. your hydraulic controls, your dipsticks and caps, and even the LP tank, you know, that those are all high touch areas that can easily be sprayed with a leave on, you know, sanitizer right. uh, at the end of every call. And whether a guy has done all that uh, in a comprehensive way or not is it's the customer's going to want to know because I think that's going to be requisite from here on out. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think I can see how customers are going to be asking, like, well, do you, you know, take these proper steps yep. when it's in your hands and then when you pass it back, right? Because before, right, I mean, right. it's like, and, you know, wipe down. And even, maybe, and even you know, that's got to, that stuff has got to stay on there for three minutes or five minutes or whatever the sanitizing requirement is, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to want to see that seat's wet. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're going to want to see that steering wheel's wet, that we actually did what we came to do. Uh, and and we can document it. You know, I think that customers are going to look for uh, ways to prove their due diligence, mm-hmm. that they had an outside firm come in and do this twice a week or once a day. You know, right. uh, really, they're going to have to it's, it's going to be left up to individual users to decide, uh, you know, how stringent they want to be on this. Uh, we should be prepared, but they're going to if, if they want an outside firm 
to confirm the fact that they've done due diligence, then they can they can hire the the forklift company to do that. I see it more as an opportunity than anything else. Definitely, definitely, and I think it's um, like you said, it's even if it's not added as an additional service, I think it just needs to be added to the regular routine just for the yeah. business itself. Um, so, so now we talk a little bit about, I guess, kind of the things we're talking about are somewhat um, reactionary, I guess, in a sense to how do we mm-hmm. deal with this type of thing. So one thing you cover in the article too is talking about, you know, preparing yourself and preparing your company to kind of tackle these things if they arise in the future, or even if like there's a new spike as well. So how do you think companies kind of get ahead of new regulations that might pop up? And what do you think now needs to be included in contingency plans going forward? You know, you got to get ahead of things. You have Mm -hmm. to anticipate what's going to happen next. And, and a lot of times we use the current disaster to, to, to chart the way for the second thing that's going to happen. But the second thing that's going to happen is even worse right. than the first thing, right? So if you don't think ahead, not only in terms of time, but in terms of resources that you're going to have to, to commit or that you can quickly deploy mm-hmm. uh, to, to take care of something even worse than what's happened, you know, it, this disaster is going to fade. And i got to tell you, so will the rigid and restrictive measures and needs that we, we put in place. It always happens that way, but you're right. What about the second wave, if there is one, right? right? Or worse yet, a more deadly and a more contagious virus. Yeah, something else. So, you know, reaching out and looking beyond that, if we had something that was, people were dropping dead, you know, are we prepared for that? I think in addition to keeping the PPE and the sanitary services on the menu, uh, dealers may also want some sort of screening protocol for the road service technicians, right? How many times do they take their temperature? Do they record that? Is that available? Is there virus testing or illness tracking? This guy got ill. And so customers were notified that he's been in your facility. Right now he's sick. He's being tested or he's come down with the virus. Do we have that sort of tracking and notification mechanism available to us to quickly deploy or to have at the ready, you know? Mm -hmm. Or, or even uh, a certification for certain service people or salespeople if they're virus immune. You know, if they've got, I mean, is, what, is there some sort of certification that can be had to say, hey, if I enter your facility, no one, you know, no, no one needs to fear anything from me because I'm already immune from this right. virus. Uh, I think those things are going to be valuable uh, to have in the future. And uh, that sort of notification and tracking is going to be key. Uh, into why would people do business with us rather than somebody else? Well, they really do have in place a system that keeps us safe or at least keeps us informed mm-hmm. about what's going on with their own people. And um, I, I think these are things you got to look at. Where would you get those resources? I, I don't know. I think that it's all in development right now. Yeah. Companies are, are not, you, you know, nobody, nobody's had to certify that their person's been tested or that their person is mute from the disease yet. Not until this came on board, but these are things that I think we need to search out and uh, we need to be ready for uh, should, should the uh, situation arise. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that, um, you know, like you said, we're, it's probably in development, but I think it's, you know, something we're learning as we go. Cause this is like you said earlier, it's, it's new to everybody. Right. So it, yeah. Yeah. It's nobody's seen this. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought I saw everything in 37 years, but <laughs> <laughs> There's always something new. Well, 2020 came, right? And 2020, look at this, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, let's hit the reset button. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think you have a good point there too about being able to show your customers that you're taking that, I guess, uh, corporate and social responsibility really to mm-hmm. be able to notice and track things. And, you know, if you do have somebody test positive, what are you doing to ensure that, you know, everybody that may have come in contact with that person is notified so yeah. that they can go get tested too. And that's right. You know, that's, that's a right. big, uh, I think it's a big yeah. burden, like from somebody that does business, you know, I guess the last thing you want to do is tell you, call your customer and tell them like, Hey, I sent someone to your facility that uh, just tested positive, you know, for COVID-19. Yeah. Yeah. No, nobody wants panic. to do that. Yeah. But if you don't do that, mm-hmm. you can't do that two weeks from now. Right. You need yeah. to, you got to do that the minute the it happens measure. and you have to, and you have to have the resources in place to make those those communications, you know, right as it's happening, um, because the customer will respect you for that. Right. Um, if you either hide it and his whole people get sick and they can track it back to you, guess what? You're not going to lose that customer. You're going to lose a bunch more, too, because yeah. you didn't take it seriously. Yeah, your reputation is going to be shot. Yeah. All right. Great stuff. So really interesting conversation. Um, interesting article. So I definitely want to tell the listeners, you know, go check it out. MHWMag.com. It's the July 2020 uh, cover story, Business in a Post-COVID-19 World, written by Dave himself. Um, so, Dave, how can people actually get in touch with you and talk about um, resident dealer services? They can, uh, they can go to my website. It's at ResonantDealer.com. It's R-E-S-O-N-A-N-T, ResonantDealer.com. Uh, or they can uh, they can always call me uh, on my office phone here. It's uh, 209-652-7511. And I'd be happy to chat with any any dealer about, uh, about anything, especially about the programs that I've already kind of got in the box and ready to deploy. Uh, I'd be happy to, to chat with anyone about that. All right, great. So we'll post all that information on thenewwarehouse.com as well. And you can also find more information about the podcast at mhwmag.com too. Uh, so Dave, thank you so much for joining me and talking about this. Um, definitely an interesting topic and one that I think will continue to evolve over time as we uh, continue to head into this hopefully post-COVID-19 world. Yeah, thank you for having me. You've been listening to the New Warehouse Podcast with Kevin Lawton. Subscribe and check us out online at thenewwarehouse.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want more content from the New Warehouse, check out our new video series called All Hands on LinkedIn. Just search for the New Warehouse on LinkedIn and follow along.